like that one. That's good. Thank you. <laughs> it's us. It's Northern Fright. It's Anna. And Alyssa. And we are the podcast that you, for some reason, choose to listen to that we thank you for. Yes. And we'll tell you stuff about murders and ghostings mm-hmm. and spooky critters and there's scary stuff. <laughs> Other <laughs> that, things. That all take place in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't have anything additional aside from my case. Did you have anything that you wanted to chat about? I'm trying to think of anything. I don't remember. I don't think you mentioned anything to me. No, I was saying there's nothing that's been spooky that's been happening recently. Okay. Um raining out. It is. Like I told you, I was so surprised. <laughs> Up north. It's snowing. I know. We're getting a winter storm warning up there. Oh, jeez. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Don't like that one oh, bit. We're at a balmy 43 here. Oh, so warmies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, is that thunder? Yeah, it really was. I like it. I sort of like it. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's like a rainy day. I just wasn't ready for it. <laughs> you were just unprepared. <laughs> well, I used and to get weather updates from our our no. prede- my predecessor, yeah. right? So yeah. I'd be prepared that way. Yeah. <laughs> and I never look at it on my own. Really, she'd be so. like, "Oh my god, it's gonna rain!" Yeah. Oh my gosh. We don't have that. No. Hole uh, filled. Yet. We should probably contact her and just be like, "Can you please give us uh, weather updates every day?" And then periodically. Um, Animal facts? Yeah. Animal facts. I'm always up on that. She'll be like, no, I'm retired. Please leave me alone. She'll be like, you girls. You're so silly. So silly. And then we just harass her. It's great. Mm -hmm. I'm up for it. Yeah. (laughs) I'm up for it. So you and I talked earlier, Mm -hmm. and based on the content of my case, we Mm -hmm. thought yours might bring us up after. Yeah. Right? A little little lighter. Just a little little palate cleanser. (laughs) Yeah. So mine, I'm going to have some warnings with. Oh. Trigger warnings. Is it trigger warnings, or is it just... I think it could be, yeah, trigger warnings. There's, um, sexual abuse... Mm -hmm. A teeny bit of animal, but nothing, no. nothing dying for animal. Alright. Yeah, nothing dying. Um, so if those are things that are um, obviously a trigger for you, mm-hmm. then just know that going into it. I'll just, I won't listen to your story for the next. <laughs> I'll just be talking to myself. <laughs> um, but overall, yeah, it's a pretty disturbing case. Mm-hmm. Um, should I just jump into Yeah, let's it? get into it. Let's do it. Let's, let's just do it. All right, so I'm on uh, several Facebook, like, true crime groups. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as you know, at Facebook, every now and then they'll pop up in your feed or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so there's a thread about what's your favorite shows on Discovery Plus? Like, mm-hmm. whoever it was was trying to look for new things to watch. Mm-hmm. And someone mentioned a show called Evil Lives Here. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, yeah. So I'm going to, I thought, well, I'm going to go and look and see if it's interesting. I was actually just going to bed. So I was like, I'll just pull it up, mm-hmm. listen right before bed. Who doesn't listen to the crime right before uh, bed? <laughs> so. It's soothing and relaxing. You just sit there and you're like, mm, they were half to part to death. That's nice. No Time problem. to go sleepies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I went to 
wonder why I have terrible dreams. Well, like, sometimes, like, um, when my dad was sick, I would just, like, I wouldn't have enough time in the day to listen to podcasts. So at night, I would put, like, a podcast on and then use, like, a word search puzzle. Oh, yeah. So that's how I did how yeah. I would fall asleep. It would be like, and then the body was discovered in the woods. <laughs> pieces here and there animals had chewed on it and i'd be like mm, nappy time <laughs> i'm ready for bed now i'm ready for bed <laughs> so yes that's what i was doing that night uh-huh. and so i pulled up evil lives here um looked through a couple of the seasons just on the headlines you know what they call the episode yeah and there's one called son of the prophet i was like mm-hmm. oh interesting what's this about mm-hmm. so this one focuses on dennis ryan who is the son of Michael Ryan. Is that anything yet? No. Okay. <laughs> Me either. Um, for those who would maybe want to watch it or something and have Discovery Plus, it's season two, episode five. Um, and while I was watching it, very interesting story, disturbing and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I either missed it or they didn't say explicitly where this took place. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was excited to hear it was Nebraska. You're was like, like, I can do this. You're like, it's in the place. I can do this. It's in the Midwest. It's in the Midwest. Yeah, so I was happy to see that. So then I started researching um, the next day on that. Okay. So this takes place in Rolo, Nebraska. What really caught my attention for this case was, I don't know if this was explicitly said, but definitely is from my perspective like the cult, a cult oh sweet okay yeah so you'll see why i think that and like i said i'm not sure if they said that or not but okay. you'll see why yep. i got the like, conclusions yep so this cult co- um compromise comprised of about 20 adults um and children and they followed michael ryan here we go so mm-hmm. michael ryan was uh over the road driver and while he was on the road um one time Mm -hmm. he met a person by the name of james wickstrom james wick wickstrom was quote an anti-semitic hate preacher who believed in the extremist and anti-tax group posse comitatus i think is how you say it sure amongst the group who was also listening to wickstrom's talk um was rick and sandra stice the Stices had gone to the meeting, quote, in search of religious healing. Sounds like it would heal me right up. For sure. <laughs> Eventually, Michael Ryan brings these newly found beliefs um, back home. And because of the structures and dynamics of his family, Michael, Ruth, and their three, three children converted to this new belief, religion, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and their dynamics in the house were basically, if you didn't believe it, you couldn't be there. Like, oh, you were okay. on your butt out of there. And who was Ruth again? Ruth is his wife. Ruth is so, his wife. Okay. Michael, Ruth married, and then they have three children. Okay. Dennis is one of those children. Okay. And in the episode, it's Dennis that is, uh, talking. Okay. In the episode. Okay. That I watched. So, Michael, er, yeah, Michael is extremely controlling prior to this mm-hmm. and then he has this sort of fanatical newfound belief he has mm-hmm. um which extended that controlling uh aspect of his mm-hmm. personality okay so the uh cult started out in the early 80s mm-hmm. with michael preaching to just his family at first 
and then it expanded to others. And Dennis reported in this episode that there were always people at the house and for often enough that it was on several days at a time. So there'd be constantly people there, but mm -hmm. some people would stay there for many days. Mm -hmm. And they were there so that they could hear Michael's preaching. The group eventually moved on to the farm property of Rick and Sandra Stice. Um, and that became the main hub of where the teachings occurred, training for the Armageddon and other illicit activities. Mm. The group studied the Bible and referred to God as Yahweh. Mm -hmm. The group believed that Michael and other high-ranking people, quote, possessed the spirits of the arch, archangel, archangel, angels? Arch, ar, archangel? Archangel. Archangel. Arch, archangel? Oh, my Archangel. <laughs> Michael was the leader, and the members obeyed his orders without question. Michael referred to himself as the king, and eventually Dennis, his son, was referred to as the prince. Michael said that he could hear Yahweh speak directly to him mm -hmm. and claimed to know what other group members were thinking. Mm -hmm. See how, like, controlling stuff? Mm -hmm. Michael used an interesting way to determine the actions of the group. It was called the arm test. Have you heard of this at all? No. Okay, so my understanding of it is, is person has their arm out. Okay. Straight out from their body. Yep. 90 degree angle, I guess. Is that right? 45 degree angle? Whatever. It's straight out. Straight out. <laughs> the other person stands at the end of their fingertips. Okay. And has um, one hand on the shoulder mm -hmm. and one hand on their wrist. Okay. So from, this is the first person... The other one will have like a shoulder and then on the wrist of the... So is it two people standing? It's two people. Okay. Part of the test, yes. Okay. Um, and then the second person puts downward pressure on that arm mm -hmm. of the original person. And then a question is asked. If the answer is yes, the, person's, the first person's arm would stay put. So they say... Do we want tacos for dinner? As an example, <laughs> and the answer is always yes. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> um, the arm would stay up as yes, and that means yes. Okay. If it were to fall, that means no. So this tactic was used for everyday activities, from simple things like will X person teach the children today, or eventually escalated to things like should we steal from the X, you know, this farm down the road. <laughs> Like, it was, uh, all topics really were in this arm test. And that's all how they would answer their questions. Yes. They'd just be like, let me put my arm on you, I'll put my arm mm -hmm. on you. And they'll be like, hey, do you like my dress? And then they would just leave <laughs> their arm out, or they would just drop their arm for the an answer. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was used because that's how Yahweh was speaking to them. Sure. Yahweh would either Use not, the arm. Yeah. So it would just mean like, yes or no. Yeah, to Michael, right? Because he yeah. says he's the intermediary, basically. Yeah. But yeah, so that was just like a physical action they could attribute to Yahweh's answer. Sure. <laughs> um, it was obviously later said that the person administrating the test had full control of whether the mm. arm falls or not because of mm. the grip on the shoulder. Interesting. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Michael used the arm test to order various punishment oh. as well. Uh -oh. um, my understanding was it was mostly against the men in hmm. the cults. 
and the punishment often this is a trigger warning mm-hmm. often consisted of forcing them into sodomy mm-hmm. it was revealed later on too that a man named James Tim was forced to trigger warning sodomize a communal goat on several occasions Mm -hmm. and Ryan also forced Rick Stice trigger warning Mm -hmm. to sodomize Luke his son (gasps) and and um, Tim the guy who had to sodomize a goat while other members watched not terrible yeah Tim and Rick Stice eventually objected to Ryan um, Michael's order so we'll expand on that Okay. I think later, so. Whew, I'm a little sweaty. That's, that's really rough. I yeah. can't even imagine. So Michael and his believers, um, part of that James Wickstrom guy, um, prophesied about how, you know, the white race oh. was the dominant one. Yeah. But, so basically okay. they were white supremacists. Yeah. And those who were not white and or those the whites that didn't believe in it mm-hmm. i believe were labeled as slaves Ugh. or other derogatory names sick. like bad names sick okay. yes yeah so cult members were required to listen to dozens of audio and videotapes of wickstrom wickstrom sermons and also watch repeated screenings of the hollywood movie red dawn have you ever seen or heard of that yeah it's like it's from the 80s well obviously from the 80s well right? the snippet in the article said that it was about Soviet troops mm-hmm. that invade a small yeah. heartland farm. Yep. Uh, farm town, only to have local teenagers fight a guerrilla war from the countryside? Yeah, I remember okay. hearing about it, yeah. Okay. Obtaining permission from Yahweh via the arm test to <laughs> smoke marijuana, <laughs> Michael would urge his followers to use that drug and then run around the farm firing their automatic weapons at various targets representing Soviet soldiers. That sounds like a real fun cult. If it fun is, means terrifying. Yeah, I agree. It's terrible. Yeah. So even though Michael was married to Ruth, Michael also married mm-hmm. four mm-hmm. other female members, some of which were already legally married. Mm. All at the direction of Yahweh. I believe it was at this time when, I mean, there's probably lots of times throughout this, but it really had was rough on Ruth to witness yeah. like these marriages, you know, and whatever. So she ends up leaving Michael and went to live with her sister. And in the episode, according to Ruth, or um, in the episode, according to Dennis, his mom, Ruth, suffered a lot of abuse. Mm. From being pushed around to getting hit on the head and like causing like I- you know issues with her head because like she brain damage get bonked or around. I don't know if it was that extensive, okay. but just having head sure. injuries or something. Okay. Uh, of course, so she left. Um, but then Michael used his charisma or something <laughs> and convinced her to come back, mm. saying, "I changed my ways," mm. you know that kind mm-hmm. of language. And upon returning home, Michael basically shut the door. She's in the house, right? Yeah. And then eventually tells her that if she ever leaves again, she'll be dead. <gasps> yeah. Mental and physical abuse made it 
basically impossible for Ruth yeah. to leave, so she stayed. Mm-hmm. Um, the group had, as previously mentioned, survivalist and military characteristics as, as well. Mm-hmm. They stored large amounts of food, ammunition, and weapons, including fully automatic weapons on that farm. Mm-hmm. Each man was assigned a military rank and would work up to the rank of general. Hmm. Dennis, the son, who at this time I think was approximately 15, um, was told by his father that he had to be ruthless because Dennis would soon be leading the elect few against forces of evil during the coming Battle of Armageddon. Mm-hmm. So Michael taught Dennis how to fire automatic rep- weapons and to kill with his hands. Oh, fun. According to the episode, Dennis had objections to this. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, didn't want to do that. Um, but because his father was so controlling and abused his position of power and used the word of Yahweh mm-hmm. um, to keep people in line, eventually Dennis did accept his father's way of thinking believed that this was what was right and true. true. So, as we've sort of seen already, the cult went from preaching and congregation type activities to burglary and reselling of the items they had obtained by theft. Mm. And I had mentioned James Tim already. Mm -hmm. Um, So James Tim, Rick Stice, and Rick Stice's son Luke fell out of favor with Yahweh, I'm sure through the arm tests mm-hmm. or some, yep. something, or even, it's, I wonder too if it was as simple as saying, objecting to something. Yeah, like, I don't feel like it, they're like, no. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're, you're not trusting Yahweh or something. Yeah. And what can, Luke, the son, is like five. Oh my god. What is he doing wrong? Probably nothing. Nothing. Little baby. Just a baby. So, James, Tim, Rick Stice, and Luke Stice fell out of favor with Yahweh, and all of them were demoted to that slave status. Mm. The three were moved to a different area of the farm and were, quote, subjected to physical, psychological, and sexual abuse. Mm. At this point during the, the separation from the group, Michael had been absent from the farm, and Rick Stice decided to escape from the farm and defer unknown reasons to me he you know returned about a week later and it could be because he had children on the farm and is I um understandably sure you might feel it'd be better if he's there but mm-hmm. anyway I don't know a reason but he returned later after his return uh, Tim and Stice so the, I think it's the two adults were treated even worse mm. they were chained and made to sleep outside on the porch they were, or if they were going to be going outside during the day, they were guarded by others to ensure they didn't escape. Mm. And I think I'll do a warning here too. Mm. Michael mm. ends up shoving little Luke Stice, and it caused him to hit his head and lose consciousness. Mm. No medical treatment treatment was sought or given, and he later died that day. Luke was buried on the farm property, and I believe his dad, Rick, was one of those that buried him, mm-hmm. along with others. Uh, Rick Stice eventually escapes again and leaves behind his 
two children and he never comes back. Oh my god, okay. I mean, think about the stuff yeah. that he was forced to do yeah. to Luke, and then, and then he, his son dies. His son dies, and then he escapes, but he leaves his kids behind. Yeah. Okay. It's just terrible all around. Yeah. It's like you can't, you don't want to blame no him, but at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. You sort of do, right? Yeah. Okay, shortly thereafter, James Tim uh, was the subject of more severe abuse. So this whole next part is very terrible. <laughs> I'm talking really, it's even worse. Even worse It now. gets worse, and it's already terrible, so warning. Alright, so James Tim was the subject of more severe abuse. Michael accused Tim of saying blasphemous, blasphemous things about Yahweh, and trying to poison the group by putting poisons in a turkey. So Tim was made to eat the turkey, and Michael's claims proved to be false, mm. as Tim was fine. Mm -hmm. Then Tim was brought to where they housed the hogs, and over two days, five men took turns assaulting mm. Tim anally with a shovel handle <gasps> until his bowel ruptured. Oh my god. They whipped Tim and shot off his fingers <gasps> of his left hand. Oh my god. I believe they also made Tim have sex with farm animals <sighs> to further degrade him. God. During this torture, Tim was chained or tied up with bailing wire, which would be so uncomfortable, too. <laughs> I'm saying it's all bad, and yeah. it just is like... <laughs> Nothing... No comfort at all. No. <laughs> Michael um, broke Tim's arm. De uh, Dennis Ryan, the son, broke his left leg. Mm. And another member broke his right leg. Jesus. Next. <sighs> Michael demonstrated to one member, member and Dennis, how to skin a human being. <gasps> and they did that on his left leg. I think on his left leg, but on his leg. So they went and got okay. some kind of razor, I think, and then some oh. kind of other hand tool and mm -hmm. skinned his left leg. Okay. Not only that, I didn't oh. write this in my notes, they showed it to Tim. Oh, no. It's terrible. Okay. Ugh. Okay. And then eventually Michael stomped repeatedly on Tim's chest, which broke some ribs, and Tim died. God. Just imagine having to go through all of that alive. Oh, I know. It's so bad. Oh, God. And then they placed him in a sleeping bag and buried him in an unmarked grave on the farm. Oh. Oh, I have, like, tears in my eyes. Okay. It's terrible. Okay. So I don't think it's as terrible as that, <laughs> the rest of the story. <laughs> oh. I think we got over the worst part. Okay. I know. I'm so a few months later, two members of the cult were arrested for stealing, hmm. and while they were in jail, they decided to tell authorities what had taken place on the farm. Mm. I'm sure they were also like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Shortly after, the farm was searched, and Luke and Tim's bodies were exhumed. Mm -hmm. Police confiscated 150,000 rounds of ammunition, 30 semi-automatic rifles, 15 machine guns, 
more than a dozen pistols, and $250,000 worth of stolen farm machinery. Wow. Michael Ryan was charged with two counts of first-degree murder for the killings of Luke Stice and James Tim. Dennis, the son, was mm -hmm. charged with first-degree murder for the killing of James Tim. Mm. Another man was charged with and pled guilty to second-degree murder, and the two men who told the authorities what happened pled guilty to lesser charges. Mm -hmm. Michael Ryan was convicted of Tim's murder at a jury trial and sentenced to death, and Michael pled no contest to a reduced charge of second-degree murder for the killing of Lucas Dice and was sentenced to life in prison. Dennis was convicted of the murder of James Tim and sentenced to life in prison. Mm -hmm. And in the episode, Dennis believed that he and Michael would be saved from the prison. And I can't remember how he worded it, but essentially, because they were acting right and following Yahweh's, mm -hmm. um, what's the word, word or whatever. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, that they would be let free, basically. Uh -huh. like, it would come back around and they'd be fine. Mm-hmm. Michael told Dennis via letters that they just had to wait it out and it would happen. At the same time, while Dennis is in prison, he talks about how a black man came to him and told him that all of the things that he has been taught by his father and believes is a lie. Huh. That his father is lying um, to him, but Dennis didn't believe him. And understandably, he's been in yeah, this for years and years. Yeah. He's young and impressionable. Yeah. And, you know, his dad ruled over him. Yeah. So over the course of several years, that man would ask Dennis for a belief that his father had told him. And time after time, this man proved to Dennis that the Bible did not say mm. any of the things that Michael preached about. Mm. Eventually, Dennis came to see his father for what he truly was and confronted his father. Mm. In his entire life, Dennis was not allowed to have free thinking or to stand in his own convictions. Mm. It was Michael's way or no way. Mm. And when he confronted Michael, Michael told Dennis that he had lost his way and he was now one of Satan's people who would not be saved. Mm. Dennis obviously grew to hate his father. Mm -hmm. All of the lies he preached, the actions he made his followers do, and the horrific things that resulted like the two people that died and the torture involved. Dennis was released from prison after 12 years because mm -hmm. of a legal technicality. Mm -hmm. And he says that he <laughs> was not sure how to navigate life post prison yeah. as yep. he had never stood on his two feet as yeah. an adult, no less yeah. uh, in the world, in the real world um, outside of his father's control. So in the episode, and I think in some articles, we they sort of fast forward 20 years, mm -hmm. and Dennis is married to a woman uh, for a significant portion of the 20 years, I think like 18 of those years he was mm -hmm. married, and they had a son together. Um, Dennis's mom, Ruth, said that she saw Dennis grow in his own right, and she attributed the growth to Dennis actually caring about people, mm -hmm. and... Um, some of the things, he, I'm sorry, what am I trying to say? Reasons why he excelled post-prison was that he had, he sets goals and he attains them. Mm -hmm. He wanted 
to prove people wrong that he wouldn't kill again mm -hmm. that it really was his father's teaching that influenced him and not only that the controlling nature of his dad mm -hmm. um and as far as i know as of right now he has proved them all wrong because he has not killed again yeah. <laughs> or at least been caught yeah <laughs> but <laughs> in the episode um he seemed believable that you know he had changed mm -hmm. he, he, you could tell that he struggled I mean, this is horrific stuff. Yeah. He struggled with some of the things he was relaying during the episode. Mm -hmm. And I cannot imagine, <laughs> just cannot imagine his life growing mm -hmm. up. That or his siblings. Yeah. How terrible. Yeah. I mean, to grow up in that horrific cult. Yeah. Then having to go to prison for basically the actions of your father. Yeah. And then finally being able to, like, live your own life. Like, how... Do you go from point A to point B yeah. with all of that in between? I know. It's terrible. <sighs> um, I did want to say, I didn't write this in my notes, but you know Rick Stice who left yes. the farm? Mm -hmm. I In some of the articles, it had said that um, Rick had a very hard time living in that small town mm -hmm. where... It, because I think he stayed in the area for a while and tried to be amongst the local the people, people mm -hmm. that he's known probably his whole life. Mm -hmm. And people had the same thoughts of, how could you leave your kids there? No. What, if, what you did to you, Luke. Yeah. Et cetera. Yeah. So it sounds like he um, eventually left and for privacy reasons, he only told a few people. Because mm, I wonder enough. if he got death threats or... Yeah minimum judgment obviously on yeah. his own decision so what happened to the other people on the cult i'm sure they just disbanded yeah, <laughs> like, what happened to the kids <laughs> no no mention of all the rest mm. um but hopefully they have a similar trajectory like dennis yeah. and Ryan, where they able to have like a life yeah figured out how to do that what's normal mm -hmm. what's right yeah and if they are still religious, you know, finding uh, the right <laughs> one that's morally yeah better. I don't know. I don't know the proper yeah. language around that, but yeah. the general idea is something less extreme. <laughs> yeah, something a little less murdery. <laughs> so that was a roller coaster oh. of emotions. I'm still okay. upset. <laughs> terrible and I'm sorry. Thanks for your story again. I know, I know. Sometimes it's easier to talk aliens, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Who wants to hear about ghosts? I do. Hand up if you can't see me. 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 Me, me indeed. Me indeed. Okay, well everybody... That's a hard transition, but you got it. Yeah, we'll get through it. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to talk about the Old Mill Museum in Dundee, Michigan. Right, Old Mill Museum, Dundee. Yeah. Michigan. So I'll give you some history. This will be short because a lot of like the kind of like spooky stuff is kind of like general. Okay. I'll explain. Sure. Okay. Sounds good. So the Old Mill Museum... The building was built in 1828 at 242 Toledo Street along the River Raisin in Dundee, Michigan. 
The actual building that stands today was built between 1848 and 1849 by Alfred Wilkerson and was used as a grist mill, which I remember we had talked about grist mills before. Yeah. Do we remember what they are? No. Okay. <laughs> the nearby dam, made from logs, was built in 1846. The building is designed in a Greek Revival style and described on the Old, Mills, Old Mill Museum's website as, quote, the windows are double hung with multiple lights. The exterior doors are divided horizontally, Dutch, and the overall design is symmetrical. Han hewn hewn? H E W N? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Beams. <laughs> <laughs> 10 by 10 inches for the main columns support the building. The roof, floors, and other connections were made made with oak pegs. No longer existing are two smaller additions at the rear of the mill, which were used to store flour barrels and milling tools during the building's grist mill days. Okay, so grist mill, perfect time here. Yeah. Grist mills um, grind cereal grain into flour in middlings. The term can either refer to grinding me mechanisms or the building that holds it. Okay, so there you go. There we go. All right. It went from being a mill to a hydraulic power company in 1910. Mm -hmm. A concrete dam was built near the mill and was used as the village's main power supply. Cool. In the 1920s, Detroit Edison acquired the rights to become the town's main electric supply, and the building then went unused for about 10 years. In 1931, the town planned to demolish the building until it was bought by Henry Ford. Oh. Ford remodeled the mill and it became a plant to produce welding tips for Ford's main factories. Cool. This greatly helped the village's economy during the Great Depression. After Ford died, the company withdrew its use of the building and sold it to the Wolverine Manufacturing Company in 1954. There they converted the plant into a paper mill to produce gasket material. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that is either. Paper mill? Sure. Well, it's a gasket material. Oh yeah, I don't know. Okay. In 1970, Wolverine sold the area to the village of Dundee for $1. Nice. There it once again sat unused for another decade until the Old Mill Restoration Committee, a group of community volunteers, came together and restored the property and returned it into the museum that it is today. Cool. So, that is its history. So now let's talk some spooky stuff. Spookies. Spookies. Um, no deaths have actually been recorded in the actual building, mm -hmm. but are on, have been recorded in the area. Um, disembodied voices have been in, been heard in the mill by paranormal investigators. You can hear, um, like a lot of like YouTube videos and like different mm -hmm. things where they'll like play, like the spirit boxes and stuff from it. Okay. Um, a tour guide said that as she was preparing to close the museum, she heard the doorbell ring, and I assumed that nobody was actually there, because mm -hmm. that's, that's kind of like, yes, the doorbell rang, and she's like, and it was crazy, and I was like, <laughs> sure it was. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, a group of paranormal investigators, while in the building's banquet hall, claimed that one investigator stated, I dare you to move the table, and a nearby table slid about two to three feet across the floor. <laughs> While on an investigation, researchers caught sight of what appears to be a figure walking behind another investigator while there. You can see the actual footage Ooh. online. You can see this, like, woman, she's walking, the, her husband has, like, the camera on her, and then you see this, like, dark figure kind of, like, walk behind her. There's, like, nobody back there, you know? It's cool. So, um, during a paranormal tour in the building, visitors spotted a strange small wet footprint near them. Um, no one in the group had wet feet at the time. And the guide said that the only way for someone to be able to get their feet wet 
would be to take off their shoes and like go near the water and then walk there so it's just like this random like and it's really small it looks like a child's footprint just like yeah um other shadow figures have been reported on the property batteries and investigators devices will randomly drain people report feeling like they're being touched inside of the mill people report strange feelings while up on the third floor of the mill in the ballroom strange flashes of light have been seen on camera when no one was in there emf readers will go wild in the building Heavy breathing has been captured in different recording devices, which is always comforting. <laughs> People feel their hair being touched in different places in the old mill. Movements have been caught by different recording devices, so like, you know, like those like motion capturing ones. Oh yeah. yeah. So, um, and they think the reason why there's so many hauntings there, even though there's like no deaths, is because, see here, the old generator on the property that uh, produces energy allows spirits to like flourish. Okay. There's a lot of really old antiques in the building. Mm -hmm. um, the building itself is made out of limestone, oh, yeah. which if you are a paranormal enthusiast, you'll know that limestone is a very good producer of energy. So like a lot of hauntings will have like limestone nearby. Um, and water from the dam and the river raisin, just like that flowing energy from the water. Sure. So all of that together makes it a hotbed for paranormal activity. <laughs> Hot. Hotbed. So if you're interested in checking it out, the place, they do offer ghost hunts. Mm. You can either do it in a group or privately. I'm not 100% sure what their COVID policy is right now, but you can check out their website. Yeah. Which is dundieoldmill.com. And then they also offer a paranormal conference like every year called Parafest. Oh, cool. So they're really into it. Parafest. And, and it's located at the old mill? Yeah. And that is the old old mill museum in Dundee, Michigan. Well, thank you. So, yeah, so hopefully that maybe just cleansed your palate a little <laughs> a bit. A little bit. From that horrifying story that Alyssa told. <laughs> Luckily, I'm not going to mention the details, but I forgot to tell my sources. Oh, Can yeah. I quick say that? Yeah. Okay, so we had the Hiawatha World Online, me, uh, Murderpedia, mm -hmm. Omaha Magazine, and the Chicago Tribune. Mm -hmm. And then um, I referenced the episode, Evil Lives Here, called Son of a Prophet as well. Okay. Very good. <laughs> Very good. I like, I like that ghosty one. You like the ghosty one? Mm -hmm. Good. Small whip. Small which will prints. only happen if you step in the water. If you were to like take your shoes off, take your step shoes in the water, then walk. Then you're like <laughs> beepity bopping and thorough. I love that. And then all of a sudden they're all like, oh my god, there's a footprint. It's spooky. I don't know why that makes me jiggle. Funny. Like just remember, like they were describing, they're like, there is no way anybody would have had a wet foot. Now it's just kind of like, okay. I like the doorbell one too. I know. Because she was like, the doorbell ring! The doorbell ring! And I was just like, and? <laughs> Can you embellish a little bit more on. Did she say, like, we checked? No! Our cameras and nobody was there? No, the she was just like, I was closing up, I was going up the stairs, and then the doorbell rang. And I was like, sometimes my doorbell rings, but usually I just go check it. it or sometimes, well, it's, you know, somebody be like, 
trying to sell us stuff. Oh, sure, 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 so. sure. I remember when I was a kid, mm-hmm. I always, so when I was a kid, it felt like there was a lot of Jehovah's Witnesses that were going around, right? I remember, like, one time, like, a Jehovah's Witness, like, band pulled up outside, and my mom was like, get on the floor, and, like, started <laughs> shutting on the window shades, and I was just like, it's so, like, for, like, most of my life, I was like, the Jehovah's Witnesses are gonna kill us. <laughs> Obviously, what they mean. <laughs> in reality, my mom just like didn't want to talk to him. What is that? The kingdom mm-hmm. pamphlets or something? Yeah. Well, they're they're hitting us up by a mail now. Oh, good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We got this like For COVID times. We got this like letter in the mail, and it was like addressed to like I don't know if it was like my mom or my dad, which is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> but then it was just like, hi, it's great to uh, hope you're doing or you're doing well. Uh, just so you know, here's a Jehovah's Witness pamphlet. <laughs> We're just like, don't get our address, please. <laughs> I prefer the mail over. Yeah. Physical visit. Yeah. I'm just terrible at those. Well, I remember my aunt was doing yard work for us one time. And she would, like, come home, and she was just like, she's like, yeah, I don't really mind doing the uh, yard work, but uh, I'm going to charge more for you the Jehovah's Witnesses that came by the way, if you are a Jehovah's Witness, I apologize. Yeah. I'm sure you're lovely. Oh, yeah. yeah. My mom's just made me scared of them. <laughs> Do your thing. Do your thing. That reminded me about doorbell. Slightly different is my mm-hmm. ring camera that I have. Yeah. So I get alerts on my phone, and it'll say, there's a person at your door. Oh, God. So I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, mm-hmm. good to know, because I didn't hear a doorbell or knock. Mm-hmm. Or, I don't have a doorbell, but a knock. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, okay, so you can pull up the live feed, mm-hmm. um, and there's never anybody there. <laughs> and it's not even like it's picking up people on the peripheral sure. or a car driving by. It yeah. just says that someone's at your door. <laughs> and I'm like, where the Hades are they? Yeah. So I was alone over the weekend, and I kept getting no. these alerts. Of, there's someone at your door, and I'm like... Now that sort of gave me heart palpitations because yeah. I'm like, who's at my door? Yeah. <laughs> Nobody. Because the other alert is different. So there's another alert for like when it does see vehicles okay. or people walking in front of you. Sure. So there, whatever that's labeled versus there's someone at your door. So, I mean, it's a different notification. So it's like... <laughs> <laughs> You're like, is there? What the heck? you see that I know? <laughs> I know. I'm like, are they friendly? They yeah. must be so far. Cause yeah. <laughs> not dead. <laughs> They're just hanging out at your door like, can I come in? Mm. I'd like to talk to you. No. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> What's really good is if I wanted to, I can, once you have it, the live camera up, mm-hmm. you can speak through the, oh, yeah. the a device. Yep. So I could say, you're not welcome here. No. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever the trigger mm-hmm. wording wording is, and, mm-hmm. and then maybe they can get the hint they're not welcome. Yeah. Just be like, listen, ghost, I'm going to sage you if you don't leave here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not so sure about that. We've detected a person. Be gone, ghost. Get out of here. Well, if you have heard of this Michael Ryan cult case, mm-hmm. or have a ghosty story you want to share with us, yeah. or, um, or if you just want to tell us a cool story that's spooky, yeah, shoot us an email. Mm-hmm. And you can do that at 
northernfrights19 at gmail.com mm-hmm. or uh, comment a, comment on any of our Instagram posts, mm-hmm. which is uh, Northern Frights Pod. Pod. And then, as always, please rate and review us yeah. on Apple Podcasts. Yes. Yeah. And we'd be much appreciated. Yeah. Okay. All right. You well, have a great week, y'all. Y'all have a good week. Sorry for probably ruining your day. <laughs> oh, I know. Do you, I know. To, do you want me to turn this off for you, or do you want me to do it? You can do it. Okay. Okay, bye, guys. Bye, love you, bye.